Uh, it is episode 78 of Pop Culture Crisis. I just changed up the intro a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is everybody doing? It is Friday's episode, and I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Miracle Sam. Nice to meet you. And by the way, my name is Brett. Uh, I didn't introduce myself. It's fine. Nobody cares. We're off to a rough start. Ouch. <laughs> Sorry. Ouch. Okay, so uh, Miracle's here, and I am also here with our guest host. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Brimlum, a writer for TimCast.com. People do care about you. Do they? Yes, they yeah, do. Yeah, they oh do gosh. care. No way. Yes. Like, you remember, I told you, well, it's technically not fan mail, but I treat it like fan mail. And yeah, was- when people write in to, like, comment on my articles, Miracle, <laughs> let me know, which is super nice. No, that's cool. I had no idea. Um, I love being here. I'm always grateful you guys have me back. I have several friends who watch the podcast and listen yeah. to the podcast, and they all say that you're their favorite favorite guest. Is that just because I'm here twice a week? That could, maybe, maybe they're just like, <laughs> if it means we get more episodes, then we love Hannah Claire. No, I think I think no, they, they're just like, I think she's my favorite. She's there so often. That could that could be it. There's like she, out of all the guest hosts, Hannah Claire is my favorite. So, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. well, that is incredibly nice. I hope they come visit and I get to meet them one day. That would be very cool. Uh, miracle. Yeah. How are things? What do you mean? How are things? It's St. Patty's Day, technically. It, it is St. Patrick's Day. Okay, so by mm-hmm. the time they see this, they will all be hung over after St. Patrick's Day, mm. and that is okay. Yeah? No? Well, that's no fun. I wanted to play a drinking game. Oh, well. There's still time. It's, uh, it's not too late for us yet. It's I'm early too enough old in the day. for it, and my liver is dying. She is the youngest person in this room. I want everyone to know she's that. She's like, yeah, she's like in her early 20s. Yeah. No, my, but Meryl and I talk pretty regularly about how we're like early stage, like old ladies. Yeah. It's not the worst thing in the world. No. Um, this is actually the first St. Patrick's Day in quite some time that I mm-hmm. am not having like corned beef hash and stuff like that oh, i'm feeling Lydia a little was, bit bad is that like a, an irish yeah, yeah i didn't know it's, that it's an irish you know it, it's sort of a delicacy. stereotypical irish delicacy there's actually a lot of really interesting irish food like there's but, um haggis yes but i don't think anyone wants to eat i stomach. do well girl you should have let me know you did something for chinese new year i should have done something for st patrick's day in fact there was mm-hmm. enough irish people in this building that we could have really well, done something lydia promised us yesterday that she was going to make corned beef hash and then she was going to make a second dish and then something else. I don't know. But she failed me. But Mi- she's busy because they have stuff to do. Yes. Missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about Britney Spears uh, in potential marriage, possibly, maybe sort of. Now, Hannah Claire says no, but we will get into it. Oh, I didn't say no. I was just like, that girl, Britney. That, yeah, her, that girl. We're going to talk about Tokyo Vice, uh, which is freaking awesome. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about who... We, people think should play the next Wolverine because Hannah Claire came to me after the show the other day and said that list was fun. Yeah, yes. I enjoy playing uh, unknowing casting director, or at least uh, uh, not well informed casting director. Yes. Yes. Exactly, perfect. And then we are also going to talk about this uh, new show coming out called We Own the City, which I was uh, first of all I was extremely excited about uh, Tokyo Vice. It was a trailer Miracle sent me a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Then I saw this trailer for We Own the City, which I'm now just as excited about, which means April, Mar- like late. April is going to be a freaking great month. Uh, and then we've got Podluck with a bunch of stuff. So if you two are ready, I say we just go ahead and get the right the hell into it. Yes? No? Let's yeah. do it. Okay. All right. So <laughs> uh, Instagram for Britney Spears just disappears out of nowhere. Uh, what do you guys think happened? Before we even get into the article, any, any ideas what you think happened? I kind of suspect it's just temporarily down like there's an instagram error or so or she took it offline briefly. you can just suspend it right and it'll say account not there yeah mm-hmm. i mean like okay 
just a hypothesis. I didn't read this article beforehand. There is a chance that now that she has gotten out of her conservatorship, she's working with a new PR team that temporarily suspended it to do some purging and to revamp her uh, makeover work for right the, for exactly the um she does actually delete posts semi-regularly yeah. so it's not that out of the ordinary uh to see her change up her account could but very much be professional reasons i sort of feel like people panicked because they're like must still watch britney and actually everything's fine they're like we just got her free and now we're, she's gone again but what if she got free and she was like it's my decision to leave social media and everyone's like all this work for nothing this isn't <laughs> fair stalking it's not even fair. So it says, uh, uh, oh, there's an update here. It says, uh, it says we learned that IG did not remove Britney's page, so it appears she did it herself. So How she not, dare she? She did not violate community guidelines <laughs> She uh, gets in this some freedom way. and then she leaves the internet? This isn't mm -hmm. fair to any of us. Uh, family this Spears, is not why we campaign for you, Britney. We, I'm just kidding. We need That's you back. <laughs> it says, Britney Spears' family secrets and sexy photo shoots have come to a very abrupt halt as the singer's Instagram account has mysteriously disappeared off the site. On Wednesday, Brit's IG disappeared without a trace, meaning that she's losing her ability to speak out and show off like she normally does. As you're aware, Brittany used her social media to talk about family drama, conservatorship, and love for her fiancé. Do you know how to pronounce that last name? Sam Asgari? Yeah, Asgari is Asgari, what I would say. Right? Um, I just want to say they're like, it means she's losing her ability to speak out. But if she did it herself... She did not lose it. She advocate 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 i can't even say it but she gave it up voluntarily yes. maybe she didn't want to be on the internet which again like <gasps> how dare she it's very very strange it says confusion is moving fast among fans with no no answer yet as to why she dropped off uh, why she dropped off at that that's it's sam why she dropped off sam i'm like who's sam uh sam also has yet her to man. comment publicly on her disappearing act a few weeks ago britney posted about her big return to las vegas as a tourist instead of a performer saying she loved being treated as an equal for once none of her recent posts foreshadowed a deletion again you don't have to foreshadow anything you can just make the decision mm -hmm. to go out miracle you're not even on social media you're just no, you can just do it willy-nilly. There's you, something called delete profile. Yeah, you don't even, you don't have to have it at yeah. all. You can just make the choice to not be on social media. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, it's something I think about every day. Every like whenever you I'm whenever I'm sc scrolling through Instagram, I'm like, imagine what I could be doing if I was just not doing this. As I'm just scrolling through stuff and just like, mm. you know, I'm not on it nearly as much as I used to be just because I'm so busy with work. But imagine the things I could accomplish if I was not just able to just not use it, but also attribute that time to something more productive. Mm -hmm. I actually, nice. there, I was on social media very limited in a very limited capacity. Um, I think a lot of people, maybe not Miracle's age, but like mm -hmm. slightly older than her. My generation, I know a lot of this is true for a lot of my parents. We like have Facebook, but we never check it. It's like this, yeah. like appendage we don't use and probably should delete i have instagram but i actually found when i went into journalism full-time that i needed to be on twitter that's so, what i'm finding because there's a lot of stuff that happens twitter accelerates news in a way that like you just don't see everywhere else mm -hmm. and also twitter limits your access to tweets but twitter is where a lot of people yeah. make statements and announcements so i am on twitter in a very limited like kind of muted capacity not that anyone is interested in what i would post on twitter anyways mm -hmm. i'm finding but, the same exact thing like mm -hmm. uh i i have a twitter that i stopped using uh, a couple of years ago um but what i've noticed is that like today tim comes in and says have you seen this picture of emma watson mm -hmm. and i'm like no i don't know what you're talking about and he's like it's it's going around twitter and i'm like okay and i couldn't get into it because i don't want to log into my twitter mm -hmm. same thing with facebook i stopped using facebook like last summer and mm. it's like it's there but it's i'm not logged in i'm sure there's like a million spam bots on it now that yeah I'm not that's why i think i should delete mine because it's like it's just 
not useful anymore but yeah. like there are certain people or like facebook messaging app like there are reasons to kind of i still have around. the app i still have the messaging app yeah there are still reasons to like kind of have it but like for us like if we were like okay we want to delete the social media like you know there are actual uh disadvantages given our professional lives with britney like she fought so hard to like be allowed to do what she wants like the fact that we would be like how, how dare, dare she, she <laughs> leave social media like we we're all saying like she never got any privacy and like you know even in this post in this article she's saying like she wasn't allowed to like like take good like take baths by herself like yeah. she was monitored so intensely she had no personal choice the idea that she would want to leave social media is actually not that strange no it's like, not it's not weird at all miracle do you find like well you have a discord right you use Discord? Yeah, not... but nobody's supposed to technically know about that. Oh, but uh, but do you use... Oh, you, is it not active right now? No, it is active, okay. but I don't want, like, the public to know about it. Okay. All right. Well, but, I'm, but like, it's, like, that's, like, the only... Is is Discord even considered social media? Um, it's, like, um how we use Slack, but it's oh, more for Oh, okay, gamers. so it's not really social... Okay, mm -hmm. so it's not really social it's media. It's more of a communication... Yeah. Like network mm -hmm. and similar, like, the way Telegram... Like, you can follow people's Telegram channels, but, yeah. like... I originally got on mm -hmm. Telegram to like message with work colleagues for a different job. Is Telegram sim similar to Signal? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly it. Like yeah. then ultimately most people ended up, I don't know. So I don't even a know. It's privacy thing. It's a privacy thing. I used to have Telegram, but then I deleted it for reasons. I won't go into it. Yeah. Um, same thing with Kick. Kick is the same thing, but mm -hmm. it's more on the social media side where it's trying to copy what Snapchat did. I had to delete it for reasons too. What? Is it sort of the way China mm -hmm. has like WeChat? Like there yeah. are social media components to WeChat, but like actually a lot of people use it just to communicate. Yeah, exactly. And like um, another thing with Telegram, which I think is cool that I wish like other social media platforms had is where you hold down the video thing or like even like the microphone to talk mm -hmm. and it will show like the video for five seconds and then like you have an option to save it or not. I know like um, Instagram will do that if you leave it like forever and you can save it or like screenshot it and it'll notify you if it tells if somebody you screenshotted. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I want to sh a shout out to my personal favorite social network and that's Venmo. Venmo is so I weird. I want to make Venmo a thing. I, I just, I love whoever the CEO, the very forward thinking CEO who's like, I got an idea. It's like, it's like a place where you like, you transfer money, but you talk about how you transfer money. No, but it's really interesting because I have seen like i have known people who's like blocked exes on all kinds of things and or people who have gotten rid of most social medias and venmo is that last place where they kind of see what their ex is doing like who the I hell sent you the cable bill stories. money i know i've heard multiple stories about this or how like mm -hmm. they realize that like some they're getting serious with someone else because like their their ex-boyfriend's dad will like message them something like send them money and be like it was great meeting julia <laughs> <laughs> who is julia it's so weird dude um, like i was like well i always thought it was like a thing like you know how like a lot of like uh like IG girls or like the people who like mm -hmm. put their cash app in their profile. Maybe yeah. they, maybe people Ven put their Venmo in. Their saying, maybe what Venmo wanted was to make a less stigmatized way of putting your "you can pay me this way" in their profile by making it feel like I just want to chat with you on social media. But really, it's just for like e girls who want you to dono to them. Don't know. I just can't imagine being like. Anyways, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, and you can find me on Venmo. Venmo. Just whatever, just like. It's like Patreon, but weirder in it's a way. Without, uh, without monthly subscriptions. I don't know. Uh, I, I love it. Uh, so she... 
Follow me on Venmo, please. Yeah, Andy wanted to do that. He asked, no, he got that from me. I was like, I'm gonna start. I was, really? I said I was. I'm gonna be the one who starts promoting only Venmo as my only social media. <laughs> I, it's in people's like Twitter bios, but okay. So Brittany did leave on her own accord, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is good. Like, let her go. Like you said, it is weird that we're like free Brittany. Now we're like, but not that free. <laughs> Come back to us. Mm -hmm. So it says, well, she used the platform to talk about the high points in her life. She's been known to use it as a weapon against those that hurt her. Making a lengthy post separate from her Vegas story, Brittany went on the entire, uh, off on the entire entertainment industry, saying that she was on the uh, clock seven days a week with little privacy. She said, I get, oh, okay. So we go down through here. She's, uh, she's very unique. Uh, I want to go over to the second article now. So that, that, that post is kind of, it says, this is uh, uh, from Newsweek. And it says, this is why Britney Spears could have deleted her, her Instagram account. Because she wanted to and she is an adult. Privacy. So it says, on March 16th, fans noticed Britney Spears' Instagram account had been taken down, leaving millions of followers confused. Oh, she did a weird thing. Never mind. I don't like it. Yeah, take away your Instagram account. What'd she do? She's licking her um, husband's like ear. Oh, yeah. She does all kinds of weird things. Yeah, 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 just take it away. Take it away. I don't want to see that. I think this is actually it. People were devastated to lose like this crazy. I want to see Britney lick her husband. Right. Well, like, look at it now. Like, look, she's making out with her fiance in public water. No, but I'm being serious. Like, during the height of the Free Britney campaign, like when Mm -hmm. people started to be like, we don't think she's okay. Like, one of the things that would happen was like, they'd be like, Britney, if you aren't okay, wear a black shirt in your Instagram post tomorrow. And she would do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. She's never said if it was a coincidence or not. But like, I think people feel like really strangely attached to her content, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's really not like the typical curated celebrity Instagram feed. Yeah, it's not. And then she'll make weird proclamations. Like I covered it for the site. She like uh, posted that she was like now a Catholic Mm -hmm. and then like deleted the post a little while later. I changed my mind. I'm not a Catholic anymore. Well, maybe she still is. She just decided not to share that. Like, she is just not like other celebrities in this sense and i can understand where like having people got kind of addicted to monitoring her yeah. and like now they're like but why you can't leave maybe she yeah. will one day become like the the female pop star version of uh of bill murray who just becomes very eccentric uh as i think she, she's already there but, but i'm saying like, like but i'm saying like where she like she's still famous for her music like uh like yeah but nobody you, gives a crap there's no about, saying that britney spears is not eccentric the, but i'm saying like like uh, like one day she'll just walk into a bar and start bartending and not telling everyone and everyone will just accept that that's what britney does mm-hmm. i love I it i have no idea on instagram uh, so it says uh the it says one fan on twitter pointed she probably needs a break from social media y'all gotta remember britney's trying to heal from over a decade of trauma sometimes she uh, she needs a break from it all including instagram and all social media i like how they're saying it like they know her mm-hmm. sometimes she just needs a break from it all my friend Brittany. yeah my exactly i'm sure she'll be back she's done this before in september 2021 the the baby one more time singer uh deleted her instagram page to celebrate her relationship with sam asgari don't worry folks just taking a little break from social media to celebrate my engagement i'll be back soon she tweeted to her 55 million twitter followers but she, and she does full on delete Instagram when she's like, and then she just rebuilds. She's not, no, no, it's, it's like it, you it, turn it off. Remember, you could like deactivate. Your okay, so it's deactivated, not deleted. Because it would be well, hilarious if she full on deleted it, started a new profile, gains millions of followers, deletes yep. it again. <laughs> just continually does that. Oh, oh that would be a cool trend to see. Just de- yeah. Instagram is like, please stop. Anti-clout, like where you purposely delete and then rebuild. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it says, uh, Britney, and then I just, I thought this, this article is kind of, 
tangentially connected, but it says Britney Spears wants to be feared uh, and then talks about how being nice got her taken advantage of. This just kind of came out in the wake of it. This was just yesterday. This article came out. It says Britney Spears would love to be uh, would rather be feared than loved. The toxic singer wrote on Instagram Tuesday that she does not want anybody's sympathy after the end of her conservatorship. Don't ever pity me. I don't want to be loved. I want to be feared. Being loved and being nice got me taken advantage of. So take your pity and go F yourself. She captioned the photos of herself in a black off the shoulder crop top in a matching skirt. I like how they have to like give their, their breakdown of her fashion. They have to outfit. describe it. Yes. Uh, Spears, 41, shared a recent uh, trip to Las Vegas where she used the per, uh, where she used to perform her Piece of Me residency while under her father Jamie's control. Gave her a whole new perspective on what it means to live. I imagine that's true. Mm -hmm. I had kind of, this, this is very a very weird way of comparing it but i had similar things happen to me like when, when i got sober mm -hmm. and i would go back to places when i had been struggling before and re-experience them again yeah. it was kind of like living in a whole new light so i imagine for her that feels a lot the same yeah uh, mm -hmm. the same uh kind of feeling of being free uh of something that was burdening you so well, and like walking places that you've been like oh i wasn't allowed to like go to a restaurant on my own yeah. i like couldn't I wasn't in charge of my own money. Uh, I imagine a lot of celebrities feel that way just about fame in general. Like mm -hmm. They can't just go out to a restaurant anymore and just eat. They have to worry about people bothering them. Well, and I think when they find ways to do that, you know, yeah. like uh, Taylor Swift had like her whole I'm hiding from everyone secretly living in London with my boyfriend, like mm -hmm. two or three years that she did that. And I wonder what that experience must be like if you can somehow manage to go from hyper fame or in Britney's case, hyper control and regulation where you're not allowed to do things yeah. um to being able to somehow like move freely through the world yeah. it mm -hmm. must be insane there, there's like a lot of actors who i've like when i do a lot of research and the stuff i watch i, I like to read the quotes that they have from mm -hmm. interviews because a lot of those times people only pick the ones that are really interesting and, and something that i find is pretty funny is like a lot of celebrities like on tv shows like the ones who are very consistently working talk about how that's the best kind of fame because like you'll get noticed once in a while but you can still for the most part ride the subway without mm -hmm. being bothered extensively yeah. so your job pays well but you're yeah. not you're not beholden to the public constantly yeah yeah so, or, or you're one of those people where like they'll recognize you but they can't quite picture where they're from so they'll be kind mm -hmm. of they won't want to approach you if they can't say i i know you from somewhere right. so so if you're just kind of like that level of fame where you know you're still making really good money mm -hmm. but you still have your life your own life you're, I think, you're not beholden to the public i think it's this interesting um reckoning in our culture of like being famous is a commodity and it's important to have followers and you can profit of it which is totally true i mean yep. like the influencer culture is real but it's also notable that like britney spears i'm going to quote taylor swift again here like these two major pop stars that are like iconic to several different generations have both recently done a lot of uh, interviews and talked very explicitly obviously britney's involved a legal battle saying like when i was not allowed to be independent and not provide privacy like my life was bad britney has talked extensively about the effect the paparazzi had on her and like I bet. being exposed yeah it's crazy taylor swift did an interview uh i think maybe two years ago at this point um where she was saying like i can't leave my house like there's not a version where I can just run to the store. I can't, like, if I have a friend mm -hmm. and want to go to dinner, yeah. like, we can't do that. If you want to come to my apartment and hang out, that's fine. We can do whatever. But I cannot move in the world. And we forget that, like, you know, they do make the choice to be a part of this culture. But also, like, it is something I forget. And I'm very uh, privacy-oriented. I really believe that, like, once yeah. you start to give up privacy, it's very difficult to put it back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine what it was like 
you know, Britney Spears was of this day and age where she was becoming a pop star as the internet started to become a thing. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. she really must have felt the negative burn mm-hmm. of, you know, that experience. Plus, like, putting when you talk about putting the, the privacy genie back in the bottle, it's going to be inherently tied to their self-esteem because then they're going to be like, now they're not noticing me, and then they'll they'll kind of be mad at themselves mm-hmm. that they care. Yeah. That, that, that they're not being noticed Oh, my God. Anymore. I actually experienced that. You did? Yeah. How so- come? Because when I used to have Instagram, so my whole goal, I have said this before, uh, before, what's before? Before. <laughs> um, before, like I wanted to be an influencer before working here, before I like got into listening to Ben Shapiro and all of that. Yeah. Um, I did want to do it. And I asked my friend, uh, Mia Rios, we talked about her. She's a black girl that did anime um, cosplay. Yes. She got in yeah, we talked that. about that. Yeah. So I asked her, like, how is she doing it? Because, like, during that time, we were both trying to do it at the same time. And she's like, you have to be consistent. And I was, like, reading, like, Instagram would give me to, um, basically ads and, like, other influencers how they made it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would try to, like, build it up. So I tried to build it up high school all the way in college. And I did increase, but then I decreased in followers. And I would get upset because I almost hit a 1,000 followers before entering college but Mm -hmm. then it went down because i stopped um i stopped like trying to post a little bit but then very consistent you have to be consistent and then i try to switch up my instagram um by being more like an artist Mm -hmm. so i started trying to brand myself that way it kind of grew but then it went back downhill and then when i lost like my access to my social media accounts like i started like having withdrawals and i got upset because i saw the numbers got um lower because my friend still followed me on my instagram account but i didn't have a chance to follow her back that's usually like my policy if you're a close friend of mine i'll follow you back right away um but like your brain had mm -hmm. been like especially because you were doing it in such a formative age your brain had been like getting dopamine hits mm-hmm. every time someone follows you every time you yeah do, like that the likes stress. also yeah i remember when i was in college mm-hmm. and a couple of my friends downloaded the like apps where it'll say like who's following you yeah who's not following you who's unfollowing you mm-hmm. and like that's just a means of torturing yourself it's man. just yeah. such a means of torturing yourself i don't think it's necessary and like it would be stuff like one of my best friends her freshman year roommate we realized had unfollowed her and mm-hmm. like it's like why does she do that but yeah. you guys aren't friends so who cares yeah, like exactly it doesn't really matter because if you want to know if they're your friends they'll actually talk to you right like for me i have lost contact with a lot of my friends in california but they never tried to figure out a way to contact me mm-hmm. but i do have a way to contact them I yeah. know I'm supposed to like since I have like the the point to actually access them I can figure it out that way but for me I'm like I don't feel like they're true friends if they don't want to try to mm-hmm. contact me at all. Yeah. I'm more and, passive about that. Like I've I I've, I've got friends who like uh, mm-hmm. definitely stopped like paying attention to stuff that, or stop liking mm-hmm. I'm sure they're still looking at the stuff that when I came to work here because they disagree with people sure. I work with that's mm-hmm. fine but uh, a funny example is like there's a, a I don't even know how I like I know that I know her mm-hmm. but I can't remember I probably met her at a party years ago friend of her friend mm-hmm. and you know you just it's like one of the it's like that have you ever seen that meme it's like uh, hey I, that hey person I met at a, at a house party in 2009 you want to be Facebook friends forever mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, it's I like, do it's like <laughs> that but it's like uh, what happens is like she will uh, uh, she'll like 
ever so often like uh, apparently unfollow me on Instagram and then like she'll like refollow me. Oh, and, oh, and, interesting. And I'll Brad. be like, and I'll be like, I'll be like, you know, why she's doing that, right? No, she's married. Mm. She's married. See, that's like, what I said. He told me about this. And no, I was but like, my immediate Ooh. reaction is like she's trying to get your attention. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's well, it's like 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 things like were going bad with her husband for a while. So like then you like she like or she like follows you, but then like things are going good again. Uh, Right, this lady thinks you're cute. Well, but I'm just, like, that's what I've been saying. Well, I, I'm just saying. Comment below if you think this woman is trying to get Brett's attention. I'm just saying that's that's this weird thing where it's like uh, I, I imagine some people would be offended knowing that you've unfollowed and then refollowed several times over. Well, my example <laughs> with my friend and her like roommate was like there was not like open hostility. They, did, they just mm. like decided not to live together. They would still get lunch on a like you know what? I, but yeah. like the act of being like I'm I don't think you're worth like knowing what your life is like even though we're in yeah. semi-regular social like that seems a little aggressive you know what i mean like yeah. there is but like the reality is like if we didn't have social media a way to check in on who was interested in us like mm -hmm. our brains would not care yeah. they might yeah. a little bit if that person was really meaningful to you but like really it wouldn't be the same thing no i think social media also like broke how i don't know who's actually interested or actually genuinely cares about me I don't know because like people can play the fake face and also I came from California everybody's basically two-faced and like it's really hard to find somebody who's genuine no. I don't know it's you, know who, you know who else is going through withdrawal right now who Kanye West oh yeah oh yeah banned 24-hour ban Kanye mm -hmm. well see, he's not two-faced I almost wonder if like Britney has opted into a 24-hour ban mm -hmm. and he is like Brittany, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like, you, you're talking about Two-Face. He's the opposite. He tells you exactly what he thinks. That's why I like Kanye, because, like, there is people who are like that, but you can't find them that often in Cali. Did you see the creepy stuff that D.L. Hughley was saying to him? Mm -hmm. uh, he's, no. he's like, you made Kim Kardashian oh, that a one. white dude. Yeah, I saw super that Super creepy, super awkward, just uh, Hollywood, man. It's, but a, it's a cesspool. I don't know. For me, I'm like, all of this is weird, like, what Kanye just posted, Pete Davidson enrages audience with jokes about having yeah, the naughty... Uh, yeah, naughty words with people, mm -hmm. let's just say. Uh, bad, bad stuff. I don't know. Pete just looks like a cesspool of something happened. I just, I just thought it, it was wrong. I just thought it was funny because I pictured like uh, Kanye going out the the band door and Britney going out the choose like the, the I chose out. to be band door and they're like so long partner. Uh, I, I just got I got a kick of it. I, I do. Do you think you're happier without social media? Mm, it depends because um, even like messaging apps, like I'll still yeah. get that weird tick. Yeah. I don't know. Like, ooh, somebody somebody reached out to me. See, I'm the, I'm the opposite. I see messages and I just I just get full of anxiety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Any message I get if I wake up to a message in Slack, I'm like, no. I find it now, so I like used to post not super consistently. Maybe mm -hmm. it was just more exciting when I was younger, so I'd like post more regularly. But like now, like going to post something on Instagram, I find like I don't like I I post I never post anymore. I want to get back in the habit because like mm -hmm. there are things like Instagram is a really good way of like you always know where that photo is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I just get sort of like it's like not it's sort of anxiety. But it's also like oh this is like not even worth the effort yep. mm -hmm. but like i think it's very i've talked to a couple of my friends who like have gone through phases of like really enjoying social media for personal gain and then going off of it and what they say is like 
when you are motivated not by the likes which you have to really guard against yeah. like you just do it because it's what you want to do or it's a memory you want to share or if it's mm. something that's important to you and you want to say it like you just do it because you want to as opposed to being like well i don't want to be the only one who's not or like i've yeah. had friends who talk about like they block a certain ex and before that they're posting they always want to look like they're having a good time they always want to like show that they're busy and doing things and as soon as they block the x they lose all interest in posting because like you really learn that your motivation is external, not internal not internal yeah exactly perfect very uh like i just got out of the house i've been posting skating footage for every day for over mm -hmm. two years which is just, really cool and just got uh just because i've gotten so busy with my job here that i just don't have the time mm -hmm. right now and kind of had to ease my way back into like you know not but every I, day i don't wake up to uh, a thousand new likes or in mm -hmm. a bunch of in thousands of views mm -hmm. and i'm i find that i'm for the most part okay because i'm privacy oriented anyway. like it's weird for somebody to post something every day but not really want uh, attention outside of that i want it to be about the skating and nothing else like yeah. I, I don't post I, all the only things i post otherwise are memes like i share very little about my actual personal life mm -hmm. uh just the skating because i felt like i wanted to keep it about that yeah part I, of me. I think about pretty regularly well first off you still skate every day like you yeah. still love skating that's yep. still part like you don't have to document it for it to be the case i do think that you like it's fun like i like ever mm -hmm. since i followed you it's fun because like mm -hmm. i don't skate so it's cool to see your stuff and i know you personally um i think for me like i wonder like you were talking miracle was talking about how she like at one point was really devoting it towards her art like i often wonder if i had started with like sort of an idea of what mm -hmm. i wanted social media to be i joined it in a way that was like very much like we're all on it we're doing mm -hmm. whatever and now i feel like maybe if i because i do think there's a balance between like be being privacy oriented which is good and also like not feeling like your stuff isn't worth posting mm -hmm. if you want to yeah. post post something no if you I, don't don't i just think it's funny because legit when i had instagram it went through different phases so i try to be the funny person on vine um i try to be the foodie i try to be the travel vlogger i try to be the quiet-esque uh, e-girl like legit i do have those clothes you're like really find yourself yeah in, and on social media yeah and then um when I went to college, I went as an art degree, like a studio art degree. So they were like, if you want to sell your artwork, you have to advertise. And I was like, I'm going to do something outlandish. I'm going to do a clothing brand and it's going to have something inappropriate on it. I can't say on YouTube because we might get banned this for it. This is true. She can't. She can't. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that. Uh, but like that there outlandish. is so much yeah. creativity behind that. And like you're just doing it because like you think this is funny and like mm -hmm. you think it could be cool. Like I know. I think that's really cool. And like, it was funny because when I used to present it in my art classes, they try to do like a psychoanalysis on me. They're like, is something wrong with her? Oh, but like on, it makes you think people are wondering. Yeah. Like my mom legit thought I was like kind of deprived or like insane in a certain way and i was like no i just think it's funny and she's like no there's more to it and i'm like no there well, isn't but like mm -hmm. i wonder that with kanye west like does he use social media because he is mm -hmm. just like he does it because he wants to and that mm -hmm. can have negative consequences or like does he feel like he has to use this outlet to sort of get ahead of the sort of pr mm -hmm. you know ninja uh, that kim kardashian is mm -hmm. like he feels like she this really is, is his a pr way. ninja oh my gosh like love her hate her like she is Somebody completely should, talented she when it comes to an, a thing where she gets in a ninja outfit no she did you remember that all black outfit with the braided pony at the met gala yeah, yeah. she's talking about she did it already so she is she's a, she's, she's one step ahead of you as she always as she, is yeah she, and it's skin tight and she's wearing heels like, I just wonder... This like, sounds like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I just wonder with Kanye West, like, 
if you felt like okay people are following me on this platform so they mm-hmm. like me this gives me a voice yeah. you know what i mean it's hard for like someone who's more of a maybe extra yeah extroverted like combative he was um, telling us to move on I know. I just, I just think it's there's a stink bug in case yeah. anyone listening. Just just to get to oh yes, yeah, so if you're listening to the expression, if you're listening to the show and not watching the video, she just got attacked by a, by a bug. Yeah, I just think maybe Kanye is okay, but if he's like someone like me when I was younger, genuinely, I thought I was gonna like die from loneliness because my mom told me I was gonna die alone. That's very sad. And she still tells me this to this well, day. Well, that's why you need to to. Give your mom some distance and, and find your way uh, back to her when things have changed. Yeah. No, it's not. She's I do think that, woman. like, social mm-hmm. media gives, especially, like, it's hard to say this, but, like, being a teenager is in, in, intrinsically lonely, even mm-hmm. if you are a super happy kid. Yeah. Whose parents are crazy supportive. And everyone, it doesn't, like, what your mom says mm-hmm. to you is, like, not good or okay. But I mm-hmm. do think that, like, social media is designed for this young audience that is sort of strangely vulnerable, mm-hmm. even if they have every like it's just part of growing up um and for kanye west like his use of social media is interesting to me because it's weirdly immature Mm -hmm. but also more honest i think he is often and all he's often rewarded ultimately even if he faces some backlash from his more outlandish statements on instagram or twitter or whatever else like Mm -hmm. it drives to this character of like you don't know what kanye west is going to do next Mm -hmm. and like it is interesting that like now he's getting suspended Mm -hmm. from like i'm not saying the things he says are okay but like he is not his pattern of behavior it's not clear to me that it's an ex- escalation of ways he already behaves. It seems sort of more like this is how we know Kanye reacts. And yeah. like now he's facing consequences because he's crossing lines. Although mm-hmm. he's crossed a lot of lines in his career and yep. his time on social media. Yep. All right. Uh, Miracle. This yep. is I want to thank you for this topic. I uh, know. This is, a, super cool. this is a new show coming out uh, called Tokyo Vice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am both the shows, the trailers we're going to cover today. Uh, I'm more excited about than just about anything else coming out right now. So guys, uh, if you're listening to this show or if you're, if you're watching this, go and watch the trailer for this, uh, for these projects first. So the first one's called Tokyo Vice. Uh, it stars Anson Elgort, uh, and Ken, the, the estimable and fantastic Ken Anson Elgort, who is a controversial choice right I've, now. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I brought up an article to, to discuss if, if need be, I, I, I I wasn't sure if I wanted to 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 work that into this conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it'll. Uh, so, I, I think this will come up in every for every project he gets for the rest of his life. It will come up. Mm-hmm. But first, we're going to go through. Uh, or at the least project. for the next. I want to say four or five years. Yes. So it says, following first look image unveiled in February, HBO Max today released the trailer for Tokyo Vice, an upcoming action thriller series that is set to premiere in early uh, in early April. So this, I think it said April 8th is when this comes out. Uh, so, uh, it says, inspired by a true story, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit, because this is, a, as far as book adaptations goes, this is a fascinating topic to, to adapt to the screen. So it says, the series stars Ansel Elgort, following, uh, follows a young man, a young American journalist who is sent to chronicle the everyday activities of the Tokyo Metropolitan Police and ends up uncovering shocking information about the Vice Squad and the Yakuza, the, uh, which is uh, people who don't know, it's the, that's the Japanese mafia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer reveals Elgort as Jake, an American investigative reporter who ups, uh, who ups and moves to the Japanese metropolis 
once he decides to write about crime in Japan as any newcomer he's not taken very seriously by his peers but things start changing when he decides to get to know the real Tokyo and just uh, and quickly discovers that he's investigating uh, uh, that his investigation may indeed get very very real and that of course includes secrets death threats and putting his life at risk so the reason why the, the first reason why I was so excited about this one because Miracle is excited about it mm-hmm. and I like it anytime Miracle's excited anytime like our interests fall into like similar spheres mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I find that very uh, very awesome uh, this is a series produced by Michael Mann and he is directing I believe the first episode as well Michael Mann uh, I, the poster is not back up there right now but he's the one who directed my favorite movie of all time which is Heat, Heat. he yes. also made the Miami Vice movie which is really nothing like the Miami Vice TV show that he produced, but I mm-hmm. still love it, even though most pe- it's one of those movies that became like a cult classic years later. It's like the movie makes actually very little sense, uh, and it is, but it's beautifully shot. It was like, it was one of the first movies ever shot on digital. Oh. Um, uh, and a lot of it was shot like during a hurricane in Miami. Uh, so there's like these scenes on, on beaches that literally could never be done anymore yeah. like because there's not a wind machine powerful enough to get the trees that there's are like a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity and they really capitalized on it uh it's uh colin farrell and jamie fox uh but the movie and um gong lee very very like uh, a movie that i can put on knowing that it makes very little sense mm-hmm. uh but it's got this it's beautiful it's got beautiful ambiance it's got beautiful imagery uh the actors are li- uh, not likable but very uh gritty and realistic in an unrealistic way if that makes any sense mm-hmm. uh so uh, his work tends to resonate with me very yeah. very highly yeah. so um if i see him choosing to direct something like this i have to imagine that he's not just producing it he's putting his name behind directing part of it i think that that says something about it so it says uh, he he did miami oh they even mentioned they've said he did miami vice and heat he yep. did more than that but those just happen to be the ones that i love the most uh tokyo vice is cre- uh, was created and written by J- T- uh, by jt rogers a playwright who previously adapted his own play oslo for the screen uh uh rogers based tokyo vice on the memoir of this uh of the same name by journalist jake edelstein or adelstein Mm-hmm. Uh, played by Elgort on screen. So I want to go over here to two over to this is talking about Tokyo Vice the book. So this is what this is based on. This is where the source material come from, comes from. It says, uh, the account covers Adelstein's uh, career in Tokyo starting in 1993, where he was hired as a rookie reporter for that miracle. Can you, do you, you have it up, pulled up? Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you know how to pronounce that? Uh, Yamiro? Yep. Yamiro? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sh- Shimbun? Mm-hmm. Uh, as a cadet. He describes being taken under the wing as, uh, oh man, uh, Sakaguchi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, as an uh, an older detective, Adelstein uh, was initially assigned to Taki uh, Satayama. Satayama. Saitama. 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 Mm-hmm. And the memoir covers his next twelve years as a staffer for the paper, describing eighty-hour work weeks, relationship difficulties, and the interactions between crime reporters and the police. Specific cases involve the search for the killer uh, Lucy Blackman, uh, the killer of Lucy Blackman. And the memoir also details death threats as he published that after he published his expose on uh, Tadamasa Goto. Mm-hmm. Gato. Uh, as he uh, as he also uncovered the Saitama, the Saitama Prefecture. I don't know what that, uh, which is an alter, uh, was alter, oh, they found out that they were altering scientific data mm-hmm. on dioxin contamination. Dioxin's a poison, right? That's yeah. It. I believe so. That's what they keep on hinting at. Okay. So, uh, this is one of those things where, uh, in the, in the review, like in the trailer, everybody was in there because they loved the book. Mm-hmm. Like this was not one of those things where people didn't know what the source material was. They're like, this book is. Do you feel like that's more and more common? 
I feel like there are a lot of projects right now where a the lot people of involved is- that aren't just like I can understand if the writers and the director were like we love the source material, yeah. but like it's also the actors now mm-hmm. and like maybe. I can only imagine the costumers and stuff like that who yep. are interested and invested in the projects. I mean, I think that's an interesting tra- change. I, I think there's more room to do stuff like that because books tend to be typically very hard to adapt because of the sheer length of a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But when these things are being made now, which are limited series, which is six to eight episodes, mm-hmm. you have more room to play with. Mm-hmm. So there's more creative freedom in adapting these projects where mm-hmm. you don't have to fit it all into a two and a half hour movie anymore. Yeah. You can spread it out over six episodes. And we're going to talk about that later mm-hmm. with uh, We Own the City, which is also based on a book, which I don't, another thing that I think the the subject matter is so vast uh, and interesting that I don't think you want to do it uh, in two and a half hours when you could do it over a longer period of time, especially if it's character driven and it allows these things to breathe and uh, go more in depth. Mm-hmm. So um, I-, I wish we could uh, pull, like, I wish we could watch the trailer. It's like on, really aesthetically pleasing. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeously shot. Mm-hmm. It's very Michael Mann drenched in blue, in deep blues, reds, and oranges. Ken Watanabe, I don't know if anybody here knows who, He's you know, Godzilla, you, know, you guys. Oh. Miracle knows him from Godzilla. He, he was also he played uh, um, fake Razal Ghoul in and, uh, in Batman Begins. Uh, but he's like a legendary actor. He's also, been around for. If you guys are old school, The Last Samurai. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good job. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so so he's fantastic. Elgort as <laughs> Brett just looked. If you are not watching the video, Brett just looked at Miracle with such a look of pride. <laughs> Very good. He is Excellent. like going to give her a gold star. I, I almost did. I, I almost did right there. Uh, he was so, like, "Here's a gold star for you." I, I wish people could see. Like, uh, I, I really do recommend. Like, it, it's hard for these segments to explain. Like, just how beautiful this uh, this project looks. So go watch the trailer for this. I, I really do think you're going to find something you're uh, you're going to like here. Especially, like I said, if they're doing these. In six to eight episodes 50 minutes a piece like when we talk about the stuff a lot of times i have a hard time committing to watching or watching shows to review on here because it's a large time commitment for something that's only going to be a 20 or 30 minute review at most you yeah. know if it's mm-hmm. a segment we do here you know the movie reviews like it'd be sense. different if you had like everyone come in and say like hey, what's something you're watching you like? And someone was like, hey, I just finished a series. It's really good. Versus mm-hmm. like you guys having to individually put in the time to review it. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Miracle will, like Miracle will binge stuff and be like, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have like, because of like the nature of my work, I, mm-hmm. I, do, like, I can't put it on in the background and, and watch it as I'm working. Mm-hmm. I have to, be, be, I don't know if this is Miracle's formula. I have to take notes. I have to like sit down. I used to take notes, but then I realized um, my brain is capable of holding everything if I do binge it. I don't. I, I for like I, like I'll like we'll finish. The, mm-hmm. like, there was a couple of things we did where I, I for I chose to forego notes, mm-hmm. and then when we got done with the review, I'm like, oh, there's but, so many things I wanted to mention that yeah. I forgot. So do you guys think you'll both individually ind- individually watch this? Oh yeah, because you sent yeah. it to me. You were like, I think you should watch the trailer yeah. before we like do the show, mm-hmm. and I was like, sure, no problem. And it's really cool. I mean, I'm yeah. really interested in this. Again, it was like, I love I, it I how know. they keep on calling him foreigner. Yeah. So, uh, they're very mean to him. Like, well, no, they're, that's they're, every Asian country. That's the culture. No, right? it's. Re- I mean, like, mm-hmm. I think it gives us a kind of. You know, all of you know that I mm-hmm. 
am so tired of remakes. I don't even watch most of them yeah. where they just like change a couple things. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all girls now or whatever. Yeah. This is actually a cool project that's an adaptation of something real. Yeah. And it is a perspective on journalism and culture. And that's what, you the know, reason I saved this for you is because I figured you might, <laughs> yeah, as a journalist, I'm a journalist. As a journalist mm-hmm. you might, it might resonate with yeah, you. Well, yeah. Well, I, and I also love like biographies and mm-hmm. autobiographies. I think they're so fascinating. And I, I really do think that this kind of, is a fresh take on a lot of things Mm -hmm. a new perspective on japan a new Mm -hmm. perspective on you know uh policing things like that especially given all the conversations that have gone on around law enforcement i am always interested in um and a perspective on other countries law enforcement Mm -hmm. and their position on crime especially in japan is so infamously low crime Uh, it is because they have yet everybody's heard of the yakuza yeah that's that's fascinating fascinating thing that we're like no no no, the yakuza except also no crime but also yes crime (laughs) well no no so it's kind of funny because like um basically the yakuza during 2020 they were going broke so you know what they did they went to go steal those box watermelons. You remember those mm-hmm. square watermelons? They sold, like, they stole it and then resold it because, like, they're like, we're broke. But then they talked about the... I wanted to talk about this, but, like, a long time ago. But it's, like, old news already. But the Yakuza also, they don't like it when you mess with their um, village or their country, period. Mm-hmm. So they will defend you um, if you're, like, a, a fellow Japanese man. And also, they do donate money to back to the community yeah i which heard one. there is like a weird ecosystem mm-hmm. it's not something i'm extensively well versed in yeah. but like oh mm-hmm. there is an ecosystem between the yakuza mm-hmm. law enforcement and the japanese mm-hmm. government and culture generally that yeah. like has it, it's very hard unless mm-hmm. you are japanese or have lived there for a long time mm-hmm. to understand because it's a part of culture that mm-hmm. is like deeply ingrained and yeah. very sort of if you guys want like more information about it i recommend watching joey the anime man on youtube he interviewed a ex yakuza member and then pablo i i'm not sure i believe i saw it under his too but joey the anime man he interviewed a yakuza um ex yakuza man um gangsters who get out is like a fascination i think in all cultures uh Mm -hmm. either of you know who michael francis is maybe Um, he was like a he was italian he was an italian mobster who got out and is now a very successful youtuber yeah uh he reviews Mm -hmm. uh mob movie that's my mob movie monday Mm -hmm. and he like he talks about the ones that are uh, that have the most at that are the most accurate the ones that are like uh that he doesn't like and he's Mm -hmm. kind of fat he's friends with mike tyson which i think is is, it's really funny yeah uh, but it's like there's like this endless fascination with people like that. Uh, I think there's a, a culture around the idea of like you were saying how they help the community of mm-hmm. uh, the gentleman, uh, the gentleman criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, some, it, you know, they're somebody who's a bad person, but mm-hmm. has but uh, lives by a code. Right. Per se. And yeah. like they're allowed to uh, maybe terrorize Japan, but no one else. Yeah. Japan is their thing. Japan yeah. is a very patriotic country. They are. It's so funny. Like, you remember the tsunami that hit Japan yeah. a while ago? So, um, Yakuza members actually went to go help um, out those communities that were devastated by the tsunami. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of weird. Like, you see, like, the stereotypical Yakuza man, like, wearing the tux, and, like, he looks very mean, but he's helping, like, a child or an old woman get sure. out. And, they like or they're giving them food it's just weird i feel like it kind of remind it's kind of like the same system how they had it in the um samurai system so in the edo period there's like different levels of like who's the hierarchy and yeah whatnot and 
um how certain people are supposed to act yeah so it's really weird like japanese people like how they have manners and etiquettes it's kind of weird to me because it's very formal and and it's like very conservative in a certain way and sometimes it can be tend to be a little bit annoying like a fun fact um there's a certain city in japan where it's polite to say no but when somebody offers you something you can say no but don't say no right away mm-hmm. act like you're pretending to accept it but then tell them no no thank you you have to say it at least three times yeah very which, cultural yeah so it's deeply cultural it's, mm-hmm. it's something that i think is so different to america yeah. because like we infamously call ourselves the mel- melting pot and mm-hmm. like that means that like instead of refining one culture over yeah. centuries the way japan really has mm-hmm. like we are kind of taking the median from a lot yeah which like pros and cons to each thing mm-hmm. but uh yeah I- i'm very excited about this i think it's going to be something i definitely I attempt think- to watch where's it coming out on april HBO 7th Max. yeah on hbo, HBO Max. Max. yeah we have that here okay so. cool because mm-hmm. i don't want to get it myself yeah but i think it's super cool and like we're talking about like how you're saying like all the japanese people are mean towards him no that's in every asian country mm-hmm. if you're a foreigner moving and working to a company they'll be mean to you so in japan they call you gaijin which means foreigner like direct translation means like uh, foreigner, well, also, like, I, foreigner I person. It, it could also be because he's the low end of the totem pole at at the job. Like, I, no, I, they I, do that to like pretty much everybody. There was a guy. He, um, I think he wrote a BuzzFeed article about it, or like interviewed. Like he got interviewed, but he was talking about he moved to Hong Kong, and they called him Guaylo, and Guaylo direct translation means white ghost or foreigner. Okay. Yeah, and he was, like, getting upset about it because, like, at first he thought it was a cute little nickname and then he found out the real translation. And he's like, stop calling me that! It's, uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's, I, I just, I love it. I, they, I can't wait to see There's, this. like, a hint of racism somewhere in Asia. Well, I, I mean, I think, every, I feel like it's Asia. just, like, uh, yeah, but they're not shying away from it here. They're, they're no, showing they're it, so that's kind because of, like, it's, it's it why feels so, honest. It's also why I'm so excited about it. Like, it's a different mm-hmm. perspective on culture, mm-hmm. and especially, I I don't want to say that Hollywood stereotypes Japan or anything like that, mm-hmm. but like we don't explore its nuances maybe as much as we should. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think it's a really fascinating country. And it of is. course, there was a like I, I was I when I when I source these topics, like I look for stuff from various different um, websites, and mm-hmm. one of them it was from one of the really really like uppity sites that thinks they're like it was like AV Club or Cinema Blend, where it's like mm-hmm. one of the comments like a lot of hints of Oriel orientalism in there i'm like so you just can't make anything you mean about- it's about japan yeah that's yeah. What, that's what it's like you literally can't know that if you haven't seen the project yet yeah. so like uh, it's like you just want to mm-hmm. be mad about something yeah. i was more impressed about the fact that he didn't mention ansel elgort uh rather mm-hmm. uh, so at least good for him for complaining about something different so yeah i'm excited it's really exciting especially like he's talking about a major um a major city that especially tokyo because like nobody go like knows exactly what's going on and plus like tokyo has like different parts of it too like i had to learn quickly when i went my second time to japan there's different um cities within it there's like the expensive side and then 
the little it reminds me in that sense so much of new york yeah like there are so many different neighborhoods and you can think of like maybe the top four or five Mm -hmm. up if you're in but like even within those there's like subsections and like i remember like talking to some of my friends who were up like born in new york always Mm -hmm. lived there it's like yeah like this neighborhood is cool but actually Mm -hmm. only this part is cool yeah and like if if you were gonna look for an apartment like it's better to be in this part of one neighborhood Mm -hmm. or if you can't get into there you want to go over here like yeah it's very nuanced in that sense too which like it's so fascinating with major cities it is true because like a lot of people like talking about tokyo akihabara and then shinjuku so akihabara is like the nerd central and then shinjuku is where like all those cute uh lolita uh, kawaii girls go Mm -hmm. it's just weird like i hope like soon in the future maybe they might talk more like in different locations for filming in the industry but i don't know this is like one step that i think it's kind of cool yeah and they're talking about like a new story like what you mentioned which is really interesting to me we will we will see i'm excited so april that's that's coming up that's less than Mm -hmm. a month away uh actually at one point uh before ansel elgort was signed on to do that they wanted daniel radcliffe to play that character in, mm. in that, in, but he's physically weird. Physically different, honestly. And, and Daniel Radcliffe is uh, also. They want Daniel Radcliffe to play Wolverine. He's too short. No, Wolver- I think Daniel. That's Radcliffe- the, That's why he's perfect because Wolverine is a short character. I, I know. Is he really? Short, yeah. He's five foot five. Dan- or no, you, are you talking about Daniel Radcliffe or Wolverine? Wolverine. Wolverine's like I know five Daniel six Radcliffe. or five seven. What? Uh, yes. Uh, huge, wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> wait, no, you're lying. What? Since when? Look it, look it up. It's, How tall he, is Hugh Jackman? He's uh, well. That's what I'm saying. That's why people were uh, initially. That's how I think of. Wolverine. He might. It might be a little bit tall. He might be five seven or five eight. But he's not. He's five three. <laughs> My face down. Um. What? Wait. How tall is Hugh Jackman? The whole reason. Wait, the wait, whole wait, wait, reason wait, wait, wait. why I was surprised that they wanted Daniel Radcliffe to do that is like it doesn't really make sense until I found out that that Daniel Radcliffe is five foot five. Okay, but the thing is also I just want everyone to know that Brett sometimes enjoys when hollywood does not um shall we say grow characters that need to be when i came back from watching the spider-man movie uh which i don't really follow it but he was like one of the things i love about that movie is that they let tom holland date zendaya and be shorter out being taller and i I was like that's a very solid point no wolverine is why yes and then has he always since when apparently so i just searched up hugh jackman i thought he was five five but um, Hugh Jackman no, is six you're, three. You're wrong. I was I was wrong. Okay, six three. In he, um the original Wolverine comic book, he's five three. What? Yes. He That's is why people thirty want Daniel centimeters Ra- off. I thought they just wanted Daniel Radcliffe because he's like incredibly talented. Uh, I mean, like I know we always say Harry Potter, but like he has done a ton of stuff really well. I saw him mm-hmm. perform on Broadway and had a succeed in business. Oh, you did. Really yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very talented it's funny like there's a whenever there's a cinema sins about like it's like about the harry potter movie or not since there's like a honest trailer like mm-hmm. the film's fa- franchise that launched daniel radcliffe into the to become a perfectly serviceable movie star <laughs> oh see i've seen him perform um in theater and i thought he was great mm-hmm. uh i think also like he does have a lot to come up to like i think it's easy for critics to pick on someone who like was a child star so yeah to speak, like especially extremely successful well they they make they, they get they, it, i think that uh emma watson got the brunt of like the child acting jokes in those movies uh, i think I mean, a bunch of them do yeah. i mean i think i've heard that like rupert grant who plays ron weasley like kind of never totally had success because like 
they expected him to, so much of him from, coming from Harry Potter, and he just never quite. I don't think he wanted to. I have no idea. He I've bought never, his ice cream truck, and he's never talked to me about it personally. But I think he did watch <laughs> some theater. She's but, like, I talked to him about a lot of stuff. I don't talk to Rupert Grint about his I'm acting. Just kidding. But like with Daniel Radcliffe, I've always kind of admired that he didn't just coast on his laurels, and he did pick some really bold and weird projects. He definitely went the avant-garde route, right? In and a lot I of think ways. that's cool. And like I said, I did see him perform. I've seen him perform a couple times on Broadway, and he really is talented what in was, my opinion. What was it like? Um, he played a really high energy character, which I thought was interesting because he had just come off of the very angsty part of Harry Potter. Yeah. And he like, there's a lot of choreography. At one point in the show, he like had to, um, it was like he was mm-hmm. climbing the frame of the theater, like just, but as if he were walking and like there was physical elements to it, he performed the character well. I don't yeah. know. I thought that's why they wanted, I had no idea this was like a pro short guy thing. It's a, no, no. I, I just I, I wanted to do another list I'm, for you. I'm like significantly taller than Wolverine, is what I'm. Yes, you are. You're quite a bit taller than Wolverine. Does that but blow do you, your do, mind? Do you have, but do you have adamantium claws? No, but what I'm thinking is like, how big are wolves? Like, if you got a real life wolf and stood it Hold on it. the back paws, like, how tall would a wolf be? Um, anyway, so this is a list game. The this the, I I well originally because the the idea was like the uh, people keep hearing that he got cast as Wolverine, which is not true, and then people keep coming up to him and like, I heard you got cast as Wolverine. Good job. And he's like, that's not what. But happened. do you think eventually they'll be like, do you just want to play Wolverine? I don't know. That that's seems a good to already question. be happening. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine that uh, something like this is like ten years ago. It would have benefited them more to hire somebody with less credibility or not credibility with less of a name mm-hmm. so they could build a franchise. they could build a franchise around them I, I don't know if they necessarily want to do that with him but now everyone's lining up to play these characters so, so is there a wolverine project in the works or did no. someone just suddenly start a rumor that they're like if they do wolverine it's daniel radcliffe uh i i think most of it's because because uh marvel recently regained the rights to the x-men they can now bring him oh, into okay. uh the marvel universe so it says one star who frequently keep keeps popping up on casting speculation lists is Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe. Casting speculation list created by no one in particular. Though on he's internet. not though he's not Canadian like the X-Men hero and, and as we know today if you're going to if you're going to pretend to be somebody else you have to be exactly like that person you're pretending to be. Yep. Controversial statement. Uh, he, he's relatively but short. But to be fair Canada was a part of the Commonwealth so <laughs> they all report to Queen Elizabeth. They really got a big deal there. Yes exactly. So so uh, it says he's relatively short in stature and capable of existing the charisma and charm that fans have gone to, that have gone on to love from Wolverine. While the star hasn't been confirmed as the mutant, he'd like to make it clear that the that he doesn't know anything about it. Speaking with Phase Zero podcast, the Harry Potter star cleared up the it cleared the air regarding the Wolverine casting rumors. There he talks about uh, which many have taken to their heart as gospel. So what that means is uh, manipulative magazines are like have have written some article where the where the headline was very dubiously phrased, and they uh, they kind of read it at like a as they were passing by and then it I stuck in their to brain. I be like there's one person at like AV Club or wherever this started who was like, I believe in this casting choice and I have no ability to make it happen. But you know what I do have? I can start the rumor. I can start a rumor. <laughs> I can suggest it and then perhaps it'll manifest itself. Somebody may, needs to make a skit where they're like going around the office. They're like, I wonder who it is. And there's just one guy wearing a Wolverine shirt Well, every I feel day. like it'd be the equivalent of like if someone were to be like, Tim, I heard that Joe Biden is coming on Timcast and somehow like yeah. manif- like with enough rumor got that to happen. Or like if they were like, 
oh my gosh, Brett, I had no idea Zendaya was coming on. And somehow it reached, it like gets to Zendaya yep. on Twitter. And she's like, okay, I, I am. Come. She's like, it's not in my schedule. I better call and make sure. And then we just kind of go around like, yes, we do have you on our schedule for. We yeah. don't know where this started. <laughs> Did you want to come to us or were we coming to you? Perfect. Mm -hmm. This is perfect. So, uh, yeah. So uh, then there's other list that says who should be the next Wolverine. Uh, Charlie Hunnam. Uh, do you guys, either of you watch Sons of Anarchy? Oh, that's how. Okay, I was, who is he? He's uh, he's from uh, he was in Pacific Rim as well. Uh, but Sons of Anarchy is what he's best known for. He plays I, the yeah. Uh, I recognize is he him Canadian? Now. He's uh, I don't know if he's Canadian. That's that's mm. a very good question. Uh, Henry Cavill. Apparently, Henry Cavill can just play every character because every time there's I a list like this, they just look at him. And they're like, you're supposed to be some kind of superhero. Which wasn't he already Superman? He's, yeah, he's already Superman. So don't we like check him off the list? He can't then like be another one. He, no, they want to cast him for every superhero. He could just be every superhero. Can you imagine if it's just like, who should be the Great Lantern? Henry Cavill. There you yeah. go. Ryan no. Reynolds again. They're like, he's like, I don't know. They're like, okay, so you got that movie. His yeah. agent is talking to him. You yeah. got that movie. And he's like, which one? They're like, I don't even know. Some superhero thing. Well, he, no, he's like, because he, he's a huge geek. He, uh, he loves this culture. Like mm -hmm. when he got to, when he got the role of Superman, he missed the call from his agent because he was playing WoW. He's, he's playing. He's literally in the middle of like a World of Warcraft campaign. Uh, Scott Eastwood. Yes, that is Clint Eastwood's son. Uh, and if you look at pictures of young Clint Eastwood, holy crap, they actually look a lot alike. And he's alike. been kind of doing stuff for a while. He's been yes. semi-active. No, he's a very... Uh, and he's one of those people that uh, didn't want to like uh, rest. Like He doesn't work. I don't think he works. It's not nepotism. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I mean, I'm sure there is a level. Let's be realistic. Yeah. But, um, but uh, he's very good. Taron Edgerton. Um, I don't know about you. Keanu Reeves is a little old. I, I think a little old to play... Uh, but he is Canadian, Logan. yes. But they, but they just... Uh, is Keanu Reeves Canadian? Yeah. Is he? Yes. Okay. Or at least he has lived in Canada. I thought he lived in Toronto before. Oh, yep. It says Keanu is Canadian, just like Wolverine. I love how they keep you pointing it out. You think I'm Canadian? You think I can't sense a Canadian? I, I like how they t they pointed out like like you couldn't just teach an American to say a boot. Uh, uh, oh my God. Canadian culture is much more complex and, than that. And to sir. love maple syrup. This is like horrible horrible racism that i'm experiencing it's okay experience you don't even know i'm about from people. minnesota i'm basically you're canadian. basically lower canada i'm but basically you're not. i'm i'm lower but you're canada not. i'm not canadian no, I'm just kidding. i apologize i am canadian brett is from lower canada but yes with this all in good fun so uh I, I do think that keanu reeves could do old man logan but they just did old man logan with the movie logan by james mangold so i don't think they're really gonna look to i think james they're looking mangold mangold so, so, that's who directed it oh okay. i just want to summarize there is no Wolverine project, but if there were to be a Wolverine project, the internet thinks it should be Daniel Radcliffe. They're already talking about bringing X-Men into... Okay, it, so it, it is actually... This yes. is just someone being no. like... It, the idea, is, okay. I'm guessing the idea would be that they're not going to bring... They'll probably bring them in in a secondary project first, uh, introduced in like a post credit scene, and then they would go straight oh, into okay, that movie. Okay. So, I like this better if... It's fantasy booking. It's basically... It's like... It's like fantasy you, booking for What are you growling about over there? I, I don't know. I don't feel right about it because who are they going to bring as our first X-Men revival? Well, they're talking about... It is about... a revelation that he is short. Like, I <laughs> do feel like we should... I fact, got fact mind this blown. I, the, the Daniel Radcliffe thing made no sense to me until I found out how short he was because I was like... Uh, I was one of, like, I'm not a peer so much. Now I kind of want him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he said... He has full on said no, or like no. He just said he goes no, and he's like news to me. So like someday somebody was looking through. I when, when I was doing research for this, I found a list of like the fifty shortest actors, and it goes from like five seven down to like. And then you, Danny add, then you click the Canadian filter, and, then, <laughs> and the thing is, is like as I got down and I I realized that Daniel Radcliffe was on that list. I'm like, that rumor makes so much sense now. 
Oh. Yeah, it, it makes actually tons of sense in that context. I would have never known because, again, not that he couldn't be super ripped or fit or whatever, but, like, you don't, you know, given how kind of iconic, well, at point. least to They're me, the, like, but super Hugh buff. Jackman, yeah. like, thing is, like, makes sense. But, like... Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll look even funnier because they'll probably give him like comic accurate costume, which means it's going to be like yellow and <laughs> skin tight. The thing is like just, well, Scott Eastwood is very good looking. And so I sort of want it to be him. But now that we've talked about Daniel Radcliffe, I'm really, that's all who I, that's the only one person I want it to be. We're all set on Daniel. We're all in on Daniel Radcliffe. Somebody here. call the studio. We voted yes. We Yes. Uh, tell them we approve. We, I wish we had like a Twitter account, like a full, we can formally endorse him to be Wolverine from Pop Culture Crisis. We do. We do offer this. Uh, but yes, Hugh Jackman is much too big, apparently, to to be uh, Hugh Jackman. But, but he already did it. So but he already did it. So is he's that canon? He's too big to be Hugh Jackman. He's too, he's too big to not, be Wolverine. I am not over this. Like, what do you mean he's? He's 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 I demand a short person representation in Hollywood. That's what when you brought that up, like as soon as Miracle announced it, like Brett's just doing this for his own cause. It is Um, legit. My brain hurts now. I don't like this. You broke my reality. I I apologize. How long have you known this? That Wolverine was short. Yeah, a long time. I mean, I didn't. I thought. (laughs) I I thought he was like five, five or five six, not five Five, three. three. Okay. Did you Google a wolf? How tall is a wolf? So it depends. Um. It depends what breed, but a standard one measuring from the length, it is um, 105 to 160 centimeters. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so let me do this conversion. What? How tall is... Wait. And then if you measure it from their tail... Tail doesn't count. Okay, well, fine. Why not? Hind feet. And then to their hind... you know it in feet. So their, their feet, it is... 200 uh i don't actually operate off the metrics okay so it's 220 uh, all that damn american exceptionalism oh my god let me say numbers 220 and to 250 millimeters again like okay i'm proud to be canadian but we i left the metric system behind fine and then i found a question it is i found it 160 (laughs) it's loading it's loading it hates me it's trying to prevent me from doing my job did you find it? Five, five, three. Oh no, that's actually about Wolverine. No, <laughs> I want real wolf. I meant to type wolf. <laughs> but it went on default. Two, two point six to two point eight feet. No, that's just no, um, regular that's height. Make, that doesn't make any sense either. Adult. No, that's regular. That's like front, like if they're on all fours. We're talking about hind uh, legs, Brett, okay. and it sends you. Well, this is Google screwing me over here. That's, okay, no, uh, that's not my fault. So, okay, Brett. Of that list. Six feet, 6.6 feet. Okay, so Hugh Jackman is actually more on track for an, a real wolf. Yes, <laughs> just yes, not. So exactly. he's, he's accurate to the real source material, we might say, but he's not accurate to the comic book source material. Yes, so that is that is very sad. So they're not totally, like, casting, uh, it's not like they were just, like, being heightist. Like, they're they, just going off real wolves. Yes, they were not being heightist. That, that is true. Hollywood is, like, breathing a sigh of relief. Like, <laughs> oh, gosh, we didn't actually afford, uh, offend the short people. Yes. Eh, throw a short person. Throw a short person. I think it would be fun if he was, like, a short Wolverine. Like, yeah. if that's original source material. You okay? Sorry, I felt a stink bug on okay, me. Okay, it happens. All right, um... Th- one more show. Did you did you watch this trailer, right? Yeah, I okay. watched it. This, this one is good. Yes. Okay, so this is for a show called We Own This City. Uh, first of all, John Bernthal. John Bernthal is the man. Uh, okay. It, 
what I think is really great is like what they can do with like hair makeup uh, and like how they do like your your facial hair. He 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 looks like he he looks like uh, John Bernthal, but he looks like what John Bernthal would look like if he was a crooked cop in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Exactly like what I would imagine John Bernthal as as a crooked cop would look like. And now I'm kind of annoyed because I had two versions of this article pulled up, and one of them had like a, a screenshot of this first uh, of this first shot of him when he's coming out of the car, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> like this right here to me that is exactly what i imagine uh crooked cop john bernthal would look like uh and this is so this is um where did i go here uh this uh so this is it's called we own this city and this is based on uh it's from the creator of the wire which is uh one of those shows where even if you've never watched uh, an episode of like uh premium tv or, or you don't really care about entertainment at all everyone's kind of heard of the wire it, it, it was like proto game of thrones or game of, uh proto breaking bad in a way mm-hmm. uh it kind of redefined what it meant to be uh, a television show on cable uh and it's from the same creative team uh david simon uh david yeah uh so the same creative team that made it and that show took place in baltimore as well uh and what this is is this is a show based on uh a very famous corrupt group corrupt group of boston police officers for when running what was called the gun boston or baltimore what did i say boston you said boston uh baltimore Uh, i apologize uh thank you for catching that uh that way they don't have to leave it in the comments or or they let or they leave it before i just wanted to make sure it wasn't them like adapting a true story like it really is a true story that happened in baltimore yeah when i was watching do you want to give a synopsis of what this is okay so so uh, it says uh, we own this city would appear to be the chest beating battle cry of a corrupt baltimore pd task force as seen in the trailer for hbo's upcoming crime drama from the wires david simon and uh and greg pelicanos uh, I don't know him, or if I do, I don't remember him, but I, I remember David Simon. Uh, mm-hmm. Premiering Monday, April 25th, again, so another show coming out in April. The six-episode limited series, which is based on the book by Baltimore Sun reporter Justin Fenton, chronicles the rise and fall of the Boston, of the, see, I almost did it again, of the Baltimore, uh, of the Baltimore Police Department's Gun Trace Task Force and the corruption and moral collapse that befell an American city in which the policies of drug prohibition and mass arrest were championed at the expense of actual police work. Uh, they go into a lot of interesting con- like details in this trailer. Uh, one of the characters, uh, played by Treat Williams, which I learned from research, plays like uh, he's like the president of the president of like the Fraternal Order of Police, which is a which huge is, police union. Which is a huge police union. Talks about he goes everything changed when they talked when they when they came up with the term war on drugs. I was really interested in the and he says that militarized police and I found the that militarization bad. of the police force right mm-hmm. and, and I think this is something that's actually been studied. I didn't have time to look it up before we recorded today but like it's it is a really fascinating phenomenon that like when you when you hear that phrase you know what they mean yeah uh, and you might fall on a different spectrum of whether that that's positive or negative but like we have in in this country we have the military we have the national guard and then we do have police which are several separate entities that involve having authority and having to you know like if you're a, a service member and you're living in baltimore if you're a an army sergeant or whatever like you're not in charge with enforcing laws they actually operate very separately to ultimately serve government which is interesting yep so uh what uh this also has like i said treat williams who's a fantastic actor it's got rob brown rob brown played uh, a main character on a show called blind spot with uh jamie alexander and sullivan stapleton Mm -hmm. uh all very good actors uh and then the other one that obviously that everyone knew 
um, was, oh, let me go back here. I, I want to talk about uh, who's the, uh, okay, so it says, you also have one me, Masako, who, uh, she was in Lovecraft Country. I did not watch Lovecraft Country. It's but super good. Is it, it, yeah, I remember you and, uh, was it Brian? You and somebody else told mm-hmm. me that it, it was very, very good. Uh, it says, as Nicole Steele, an attorney assigned to the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice, which was investigating police uh, policing practices in Baltimore prior to the gun, ta- gun trace task force criminal investigation. And speaking of the wire, Jamie Marlowe Stanfield. So Marlowe Stanfield from The Wire. Uh, so Jamie Hector, he was also, I remember him more from Bosch just because that's more recent. Um, that was with uh, Titus Welliver mm-hmm. uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, fills the role of uh, Sean M. Souter, a Baltimore City homicide detective who gets caught up in the gun choice task force. Man, that is a tongue twister to say repeatedly. Uh, and called to testify before a federal jur- jury. And you can kind of see like the trailer kind of goes through his moral dilemma where they talk about, he talks about like, look, you put me in a unit with, with a bunch all these of crooked most- crops and I'm, what am I supposed to do? Just turn him in and yeah, yeah, risk yeah. my life, my family, my safety. Okay. This really reminds me of, have you seen the movie, a place beyond the pines? No, it's a really interesting movie. Some people hate it, but it's um, kind of a three part story. It has stuff to do with generations, but there is um, Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. is one of the main characters who plays a young cop who's mm-hmm. involved in a like pursuit and chase with a guy who's a bank robber and you get perspectives on both of their lives but eventually he um has an interaction where like the cops he works with take him to like collect this money that when they're not supposed to um or they're technically off duty and they go to collect the bank robber's money and they're like, okay, you get the lion's share because you're the one who like had to, you're the one who caught him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like, it becomes this moral dilemma of like, he is, does, should he accept this money? What yep. does he do? And like, this I think is something th- like, it, it's always fascinating to me. Like what happens to money that you get when you like bust drug dealers? Or whatever yeah, else? like there's, there's no set amount. So it's not like uh, whoever is first through that How door. Do you, and like, there are times that like, it goes into evidence for years. Yep. I know some police actually end up, some departments end up using it for stuff like it goes into it gets reappropriated right but 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 it is weird because it's like suddenly they have this surplus of cash and like cash is something that goes missing all the time and this is one of those things where you can very easily like i can already see a story where these people i know i don't know if this is the approach they'll take but they start out as people who are very very idealistic uh and the 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 consistent crime and the rot within the city that they seem to be unable to take a dent out of kind of just morally wears on them Mm -hmm. to the point where a lot of people go and fall into that pattern of just like look I'm going to take care of me and my family first. And if we're so, and if we're busting people who are committing crimes in the, in the meantime, is it really so bad? And they kind of morally uh, drop themselves to lower levels of morality little by little until Mm -hmm. they don't realize how far they've fallen uh, until that one day they're stuffing rolls of bills into their bulletproof vests, into their flak jackets. So it's like, I can see that being a central theme of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you look, uh, there's this, not this report, but this is a list of the the actual detectives who are like are in like two of them uh, went to trial and were found guilty. Uh, the rest were all, all pled guilty on their own. Mm-hmm. And the guy right there who plays it, like Wayne Jenkins, kind of looks like you know if he was less handsome, uh, 
Uh, if he let himself go. Yeah, if if John Bernthal had chosen to let himself go. So you could, like, that's a long list of people who just ended up being very, very you know, engaged in criminal activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just fascinating to me that uh, they took a story like this, which uh, I, I think this was in 2005, they said that this was from. It was from the early 2000s. And stories like this feel like, uh, you'd think they'd feel like ancient hin- history, but they're not. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not like stuff like this. And this is an issue with people who are like thin blue line people who believe that all police are great and awesome. And then there's the centrists who are like, look, there's room for improvement on all sides. Do I think that Hollywood will be able to prevent themselves? From, do I think that they'll be able to tell an even-handed story here? Yeah. David Simon makes me more hopeful okay. of that. Because it's very easy to produce like anti-police content yes. in today's day and age and get like, so brave and bold good job when it's like actually sort of popular narrative right now uh i guess like they're going in here and they're robbing drug dealers but they are drug dealers they're literally pulling money out of bags of drugs guns and money uh so then it is it are you portraying these people who are committing these crimes as look they were just doing what they had to do to survive Mm -hmm. which is a very common narrative and stuff like this that can fit but it's a matter of whether uh they allow the police that are not bad to you know because uh, I think they said it goes federal in this and they're dealing with a Department of Justice. So it, it, yeah. it is going to have to be uh, in 2005. I think this could have been made just like The Wire and it would have been gripping and extremely entertaining. In today's day and age, I am a lot more skeptical that something like this can be done even handed. Right. I'm kind of hopeful that like it will be a good like it naturally has so much nuance to it. Yes. Right. Like. If you're looking at the list, there's it's a racially diverse group of people who were mm-hmm. convicted. Yep. Like it's happening in a city that has a lot, you know, has had affluence, has had crime. It's you know a dominantly Catholic city. Like there's lots of things going on there, and I think you know hopefully there is enough nuance there to tell a really well-rounded story that makes you think. It isn't just like this is the way yep. we think it went down because mm-hmm. that's the way we believe culture is set out to entrap people. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was looking up uh, stuff about, um, I, I was just going, looking back at the wire and looking back at Boston police, a uh, Boston, Baltimore. Baltimore police. I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know if you know, but Baltimore ba- is not a city thing. in Maryland. Yes, I know. Uh, okay. So here's the, I, I, I was wondering how, uh, how, cause, how these things are portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously you're going to have to deal with sensationalism and everything like that. And it's just, uh, there's controversy says the portrayals of the, of Baltimore city and the wire and homicide life on the street have received criticism from several notice, notable, notable Baltimore politicians, such as former mayor, uh, Maryland governor, Martin O'Malley and former, uh, mayor Sheila Dixon. Both politicians have argued that the show glorifies the level of violence within the city, but it doesn't say that they miss represented Mm -hmm. the level of violence in the city and gives Baltimore a negative image. Uh, So they're not saying it's wrong. They're saying that it doesn't Baltimore just has a negative image. There are good things to Baltimore. I'm not bashing Baltimore, but like it, it has crime. Yes. Like, that's just the way it is. But then it's interesting here. It says, in contrast, the police department has been relatively supportive of the shows, stating that the crime in the city was accurately portrayed. Uh, several, Which current- I feel like is really notable, that it's like people who actually see the crime as opposed to being yeah. a politician who's like, mm-hmm. I don't like that because that yeah. makes me look bad. I'm, I'm, I'm distrustful of both the police officer's take on it and the politicians. The, the cops less slightly, ever so slightly less so because mm-hmm. I just inherently don't 
don't trust politicians. And like and this you, show is depicting corrupt cops. For them exactly. To be like, Look, yeah, it's an accurate picture yeah. of like what we see. Like, I'm sure they're not pleased with the whole thing. Uh, the Wire had plenty of corrupt behavior within law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Plenty of it had to do with interactions between those departments talking about. So it's very interesting to me. It says several, and inf- this part was what I found very interesting. Several current and former members of the police force have served as technical advisors for Baltimore-based shows, and some, such as former Major Greg Daddario, have allegedly been either dismissed or forced to retire from the department for assisting the shows uh, and producers. Wow. Uh, my guess is that the money they make on these shows uh, as a serving as a consultant ends up paying far more mm-hmm. than what they were also, making. Also, if they're forced to retire, like they still get their they pension. They still get their pension, right? yeah. So, but I, I just thought this was, uh, I, I'm very, very excited to, to see this show, more so than when I When does it come out? Uh, April 20, I believe I saw that it's at April 25th. Let's double check here and make 100% sure. Da, da, da. Yes, April 25th, 9, 8, uh, 9, 8 Central, but I'm guessing that you'll also be able to watch that on HBO Max uh, day and date. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So, oh yeah, so it says premiering Monday, April 25th at 9, 8 Central. So premiering at like 9, 8 Central makes it seem like they're going to do one episode at a time because usually if it's uh, like a, a full series at once, they just drop it at like 3 It East depends because Eastern. I feel like HBO Max is trying to do what like other streaming services well, like, are doing like, like one episode each week peacemaker was mm-hmm. three episodes to start and mm-hmm. then uh, the rest of them came out weekly right yeah so maybe i mean that <clears throat> then we could review it if it if it comes out one mm-hmm. episode at a time we could review it on here so we'll see we'll see how that goes i'm sure that uh, it didn't say the same for uh tokyo uh for tokyo vice which by the way both of these are hbo max series, i was noticing so. that it's interesting hbo well, max tokyo like in a vice, they said oh fuck i mean <laughs> Oh, frick. Yeah. Yes. Sorry about that. That's okay. It's fruity. Yes. Okay. We're going to say it's fruity. What about Tokyo? Um, It's supposed to be like 10 episodes and it is like... Oh, is it 10? Um, That's a, I thought it was eight. eight or I 10. think I read it wrong or... Oh, it says the first three episodes okay. premiere April 7th. So that one again will yeah. also probably be week to week. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. Right here. So HBO Max for Tokyo Vice, like how you said, three episodes come out first and then... Two episodes will premiere every Thursday. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Yeah. All right. And then we own the city. It should say also for you, but we'll skip over that. It's not important right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we will see. Well, no. What does it say? Um, I'm still looking through the articles. Usually, it's, it's the tw- so the 25th, the mm-hmm. 25th at nine eight central. So I'm very excited about that. Um, are you guys ready for Podluck? Yeah. yeah. Or, or should I say this? Are, do these shows interest you more than like uh, before we go? Like, do the, does something like this, like involving crime, uh, or like a, a reporter in Japan, or something like this that involves a true story based on actual police departments, does that interest you more than say something that's uh, based in, on fiction? I actually love fiction in a lot of contexts. Yeah. I just like am not. I'm not opposed to like superhero or like I'm a vigilante style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I naturally probably would click on this. I'm more excited about these things. I like things that are based in reality a lot of the time. Um, But it definitely, like, the big thing is I, as you know, don't don't subscribe to any streaming services. So you have to have something that I am really excited about for me to be like, okay, I got to make it work. Like, how am I going to see it? And um, these two are definitely things I would be more prone to watch. Cool. Uh, But yeah. Mm-hmm. Miracle, which one? Uh, Tokyo Vice or We Own the City? I prefer doing Tokyo Vice yeah. more because um, We Own the City is, is a cool concept. Like, don't get me wrong. It does happen. Like, 
that is based on a true story it does happen once like not once in a while it happens multiple times and people do not report about it or like make content about it because it's kind of painful and in recent years people have faced through it um but for me i'm afraid it might be kind of leaning towards pro um anti-cops yeah uh well, we'll that's we'll... what i don't like about it i like the story don't get me wrong i like it but i just don't like what the fan base is going to be afterwards it's gonna be really interesting mm -hmm. to see since these are both hbo like how they treat cops in america versus how they treat cops in japan because mm -hmm. these are both uh, i don't want to make any accusations about yeah. mm -hmm. like but they both seem like there might be slightly slight corruption there's mm -hmm. some like interactions with criminals like they might be actually very interesting to watch at the same time and contrast yeah. how they're handling mm -hmm. or see like kind of how evenly toned they're treating law enforcement yeah. or mm -hmm. crime overall well it's so weird because in uh japan their police officers they have like the cutest little cars it's so tiny and like their mascot's a little elephant and it doesn't it does make the same standard police siren but it's like only one time and i remember my uncle and i like got yelled at by a cop who like pulled up and he's like hey it's a red light you're not supposed to cross. He didn't didn't give you a ticket. He's just like, don't do that. Yeah, he just said, don't do that. But usually, like, police stations, like, how they do it, they have one police officer stand in the front, like, watch everything, monitor what's going on the street. But then, like, if you, like, step in deeper, it's, like, a bigger building. It's mm -hmm. so cool. I love it. And their mascot's a little elephant. <laughs> because <laughs> it's, like, the most uh, positive thing I've ever heard say about law enforcement in the last... Uh, last time, I... I maybe, maybe that's what police in America need, like, an cute animal mascot. Well, like, an animal ma a big, mascot. A big... A, a big adorable <laughs> pig, talk. a big adorable uh, baby pig. No, no, isn't pig so, like what they call? Yeah, yes. like, well, I feel like, like they need to own it though. They need to they need to own it and make a cool mascot. Oh my out god, of it. a teacup Maybe. pig! It's a teacup pig with Ray little. No, I regret boys. this. Never mind. <laughs> okay, and it's holding donuts. Okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll move <laughs> on. We'll, uh, I will say that I, I do one. I do have less faith today than I would have ten years ago that they'll be able to handle this evenly. But mm -hmm. I'm always open to being proven wrong. Yeah. So, all right. So, Podluck. Uh, Amazon and MGM closed $8.5 billion merger. Uh, I, I was originally going to skip this, but then I, I was uh, I was browsing Instagram, as one is wont to do and shouldn't do that often. And Michaela Peterson just happened to post about this, but said very interesting about it. She's like, hard to believe this started off as a, uh, as a book, like an online bookstore. I know. And, and they yeah. just... And like they're they're talking about like how they felt like this library was like they felt like I think we to, overpaid. To a lot of bookstores sell DVDs. So yes, they that, do. Almost a connection. Well, they they call Amazon Prime the greatest uh, customer retention model ever. Like, do I really need Amazon Prime? Like, maybe at one point you want to buy stuff, but you don't want to watch TV. But the next mm -hmm. day you want to watch TV. You don't want to buy stuff. Now you got both. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I say this because I'm going through an Amazon Prime phase right now because I'm watching a lot of Monk. Well, Monk I love Amazon. Monk. Monk is so good. But like, also, I think Amazon is funny because it's like, uh, no, you don't need to go anywhere else. There's no reason to leave. And like, we, mm -hmm. you know, people will be like, oh, box stores like Target or Walmart are bad. And it's like, mm -hmm. that's just a virtual box store. They have literally everything. It's like half <laughs> box store, half cold. It's basically how do you live life? And like, how much content exists around like, look at this cool Amazon find that you definitely need in your life. And you're like, I do need I that. I know. They average. They advertise me a portable washing machine. 
a portable washer like a dishwasher or like a washing machine no it's a washing machine you put your clothes in it we had uh we like when i when i managed an apartment complex Mm -hmm. there was somebody who had like their own portable washing machine they that they jacked in my brother's renovating his house and his Mm -hmm. kitchen doesn't have a dishwasher and like he's very seriously considering getting a like countertop dishwasher because he's only one person and it'll work and like you know where you can get this off amazon because you can get everything off amazon there are obviously connotations like they're not always good to the vendors and stuff like mm-hmm. that but yeah I, i'm honestly not surprised that they're now like and now we're a movie studio so you never have to leave the island i, I read an interesting article a while back i wish i had thought about it before we did this about like it's isn't it interesting that these tech companies are buying up like movie studios and something eventually everything will just be owned by megacorp one and megacorp two yeah you'll just have to pick one so it'll be interesting to see how antitrust law eventually mm-hmm. they, comes they get into this a okay. little bit here but i, I do find it interesting because like 8.5 billion was said to be a little steep but a merely a drop in the bucket for the jeff bezos gazillion dollar company so it mm-hmm. says amazon prime said thursday that their 8.5 billion dollar deal has closed the storied nearly century old studio with more than 4,000 films and titles uh wow uh, that's uh, 17,000 TV episodes and 180 Academy Awards and 100 Emmys is now part of Amazon. They're referring to MGM here. So it says, and will complete oh, and will complement Prime Video and Amazon Studios work in developing uh, a diver- uh, delivering a diverse offering of entertainment choices to customers. Amazon said uh, during its announcement, uh, Amazon is the one who did Reacher. Reacher is mm-hmm. my favorite show of the last year. Uh, Amazon Studios and streaming service Amazon and Prime Video uh, are led by Amazon's Mike Hopkins. No news on management structure in terms of how the two studios will fit together. As Amazon spoke, as an Amazon spokesperson said, the digital giant is planning to make offers and welcome all MGM current employees. I have a feeling there will be cuts. Very likely. I don't know. I mean, like Amazon is. I mean, probably there will be, and there's always some kind of restructuring just to make things work together. But like, they. I feel like they were just. Because they're they're just like buying more. Like yeah. if they're expanding, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to cut a ton of people, yeah. right? Uh, in terms of production, Amazon is excited to is ex- is excited by MGM Slate and doesn't anticipate changes in release dates or projects that are in progress. That's uh, good news, uh, or at least that's heartening news. Amazon is not planning to make all MGM content exclusive to Prime Video. That's cool too. I, I you'd think they would, but maybe they find i guess they see it as alternative revenue to to put it on other platforms i'm always surprised by what's like the 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 number one thing you're buying really when you're buying mgm is you're buying james bond mm. james bond mm. is an, that's their big heavy hitter they own a lot of movies that you've seen but those have limited resale value as far as i guess if you want to develop past movies into modern franchises you, that's a very popular in thing to do right now but james bond is what you think of when you think of mgm studios uh so they talk oh they said there are no plans to make changes to the bond franchise and as we know we discussed this the other day that they're gonna have to cast a new bond sooner or later mm-hmm. uh mg uh, and then we go down here and says earlier this week amazon won unconditional eu antitrust approval from their merger when the european commission decided it wouldn't pose competition concerns in europe uh, and then it says this morning news means the U.S. Federal Trade Commission declined, as expected, to sue to block the merger or impose conditions on the historic deal, which comes just as the mega combo of Warner Media and Discovery gets set to close their deal in April. The FTC di- uh, deadline passed overnight, so it looks like they're home free in, in that respect. Wild. So it says, uh, you- you'd think they would want to look closer. 
You know what I mean? Like, I wish I could. even just due diligence. I guess that I, mean, I guess I'd want to see the statement where they decline. Do they just decline and that's it, or do they say like, based on these points, you decided it's not necessary to investigate? Yeah. I'd be curious about that. Or they did due diligence and they're just that's how far they made it. Because it is sort to. of like with trust or like you know stuff to prevent monopolies or antitrust. Like it is kind of interesting because Amazon is actually a very diverse company in all yes. the things that they do. So like theoretically, they are not actually. Yep. I don't know. It's very strange. So it says Amazon said last month that over 200 million Amazon Prime members worldwide stream shows and movies on Amazon Prime in 2021. I, I believe that's it's like 350 million on Netflix, I believe is the number or, or something close to that. Uh, but it, just imagine that this is done as like their pat like this is just a very, very expensive, very, very popular passion project at this point. Mm -hmm. The Amazon, uh, the, the Amazon Prime now. I don't mean to throw shade, but somebody, please revamp the app. Make the make the U make the operating interface something other than what it is. Cause it's crazy because they don't even need to. They don't need still to use it. You'll still use it. What is it like? I hate it. That's it's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Like I don't know what's new. It says for you, and then I'm like, cool. And then when I hit all the way to the end of the list, it won't go back like how Netflix does. I don't know. It's like, it feels like they could like, just, mm -hmm. just hire the guy from Netflix. Nope. They don't have to. They don't have to. They're like, you click on a, on, I click on monk. I didn't click on monk. I clicked on monk season five. I don't want monk season five. Why can't I just click on monk and then get all the seasons of monk underneath? Nope. No, they tell you no. No, they said pay more money. Don't. No, you have them. They just, for some reason, some are season five is in this list, but not the whole show, mm -hmm. which makes no sense. It, it, I'm frustrated, but I'm still going to use it because yeah. they've got so much I wonder property. if it's like a, a problem that they know about and they're like, we actually have no idea how to solve this. It's so complicated in our infrastructure. Mm -hmm. we've, we've built too much around. This yeah. Other, uh, I mean, it's worth keeping Amazon Prime just for I've heard grim. coders say like if there's a bug and they don't solve it immediately, they'll code into the bug and the bug will be there forever. And it's like no. Amazon developed so quickly. They were like, we're going to fix that at some point. And now they're like, we don't even know how to fix it. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah, because, yeah, there's a lot of websites. Sorry, I keep on saying, yeah, there's a lot of websites that have it. I'm not going to say, they have say what? Um, like have those bugs where they build oh, on top of it yeah. and it's hard to fix it later. But it sooner or later, it'll get fixed. Yep. So it says Bezos has since uh, it says founder Jeff Bezos announced the deal, said it was driven by IP. That's what all of these things are about. It's all about purchasing mm -hmm. IP. You want to build your library of things that you can then own down the line and market, turn into not just movies and TV, but uh, video games. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, eventually I could see them going into video games. They might already be. I, I don't know, but uh, if any of their subsidiaries do anything like that, but toys for stuff like that, you know, for the, for the kids shows and stuff like that. So driven by IP, uh, where where did I leave off here? Da, da, da. Yeah, and promise to help preserve MGM's heritage and catalog of films, and to provide customers with a greater access to the existing works. Amazon will also empower MGM to continue to do what they do best, which is great storytelling. Uh, Bezos has since stepped away from day to day operations at Amazon, which is now run by CEO uh, Andrew Jassy, former head of Amazon Web Services. We'll get the guy from Web Services to fix the damn app. I say. Uh, so so we'll see. I, I'm excited to see where this goes. Uh, I their their um, Lord of the Rings stuff doesn't fill me with a lot of uh, excitement because their their Lord of the Rings stuff is proving to be a kind of a disaster. But you know you can't bat a thousand on everything. So so hopefully that's the uh, exception, not the rule. They also it's a, it mentions that they got their first Oscar nominations for anything they've made this year uh, because for uh, uh, being the Ricardos 
from Aaron Sorkin, uh, Nicole Kidman, ha- Javier Bardem, and J.K. Simmons. So uh, it'll be, uh, it says, uh, oh yeah, in September, the streamer will launch the first five planned seasons of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Oh, the first of five planned seasons of Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Well, nobody's actually looking forward to that, but uh, we'll let that one slide. Mm-hmm. Uh and then they also did this. They had like a town hall where they talk about what this has already happened. So it's Amazon town hall scheduled for Friday or it's going to happen. Uh, Amazon's Mike Hopkins, uh, Presage's uh, upcoming mesh and MGM COO updated. So they're just talking about that. They're going to get together with the leaders of both companies and uh, inform them as to how things are going so far. I'm sure that even if it is expanding, there's still some fear about your job if you're MGM. Sure. So we shall see. Okay, so we have some technical difficulties running towards the end of the episode. Uh, Such is life, such as happens. The show must go on, When you record something five days a week, you're bound to have this happen. Uh, And actually, somebody had pointed out to me that this would eventually happen to us. So I'm glad it it finally has been done Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't have to Hopefully through the editing process, no one knows. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, now that things have, this has happened and we've gotten through the worst of it, we are finishing up the show. Uh, Hannah Claire, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, where it won't be in Interrupted uh, with technical difficulties. Who knows? I might exit like Brittany or whoever. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Claire B. Hannah Claire dot B. You can find me on wait. Yes, Hannah Claire dot B. You can find me on Gab at Hannah Claire B. I am on Twitter as I have now admitted, but I don't remember my handle. And you can of course find me on TimCast.com. Click on the read tab. Guys, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. We always appreciate it. Like I said, you're everybody's favorite. Who knew? Yes. My middle childness is so validated right now. Perfect. Uh, Miracle, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? I don't have social media because it rots your brain. You and Britney Spears both. Yes, Mm -hmm. this is correct. Uh, And if you want to not be like Britney Spears and rot your brain on social media with me, you can do that on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. For the show, go to the YouTube channel, please. Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to the channel. Uh, In in all of the videos, there is a link uh, in the description box to the Spotify playlist, which has the full episode start to finish, hopefully with all, uh, through the magic of editing, all of the uh, technical difficulties will have disappeared there. Uh, We are also on uh, Pandora. We're on Amazon Music and on Apple Podcasts. And on social media, we are on Twitter at popculture underscore show. And then Dane will be made very, very happy if you follow us on Facebook and on TikTok. And that is at popculturecrisis. And we will be back with a less stressful, less uh, problematic video on Monday. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye.